0: Love Talk Radio. It's Wednesday afternoon and we're excited to be on the air. Your hosts for today's show are Robert Brining and Jack McEnroe. They will be taking your calls and speaking out on the topic of the week. You're encouraged to call in and share some of your life experiences. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That's 347-215-9442. Four two. Welcome to Pause I Radio. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Pause I Am Radio. I am your host Robert Brining. I am glad that you are joining us today. Um, I am hoping that Jack will be calling in. I have somebody on hold right now. I'm just going to see if this is Jack, because I'm not sure it's a different area code. So let's just see here. Hello, who's this? Hello. All right, whoever it is, it isn't Jack. They won't be answering. So welcome again, like I said, to Pause I Am Radio. I am your host, Robert Brining. Um, we're here to, to bring you some experiences and some personal stories of people who are living day-to-day with HIV, where it's not just a disease that is in the world, but it is, it is you know, something they deal with on a daily basis. So um, today's uh, guest is going to be Teresa Daughtry, who... Um, is a friend of mine who I've met through Pause IM community, and she's going to come on and talk about um, being diagnosed at age 48 um, and what that was like for her, and and you know sharing her personal journey through her situation because you know everyone is unique um, with their diagnosis and how it's handled personally and you know with the family members around you. So she'll be joining us today. Um, Teresa also spoke at the um, ADAP. Um, Early Treatment for HIV Summit in D.C., where I uh, also spoke and was able to meet Lonnie, who was on last Wednesday, and Dab Garner from uh, Dab the AIDS Bear Project, who um, is an inspirational, great guy, um, and um, is really uh, showing hope for a lot of people. So uh, she also joined um, myself and some other members of I am in the Philadelphia AIDS Walk when we did um, – uh, we created a pause IM team last year and we walked together and it was the first time that the members of the site were actually meeting each other in person you know because when you do it online and, and you're talking you know through chat rooms and and forums and things of that nature and leaving comments you know that's good but sometimes it's really nice to actually meet the person because then you feel like you really connect with them and then you you know because it's hard to connect with just words and pictures it's nice to hug that person and be like yeah you know that feels good so um She will be um, joining us again this year because we're going to either put a team together again under the IM name or we will walk as individuals, but we will all meet at uh, probably uh, the Rocky Statue like we did last year and uh, participate in the walk. Last year, we raised close to $1,000, which was really, really cool for us to do since it was our first year. Um, I also want to tell you that we are live twice a week. We are live on Sundays at 9 o'clock, and my co-host on Sunday's at nine apparently done of positively speaking and wednesdays right now at 2 p.m eastern standard time we are live and my co-host usually on wednesdays is jack mackenroth but he was just in um the out Games in copenhagen denmark so i have to give him a shout out because he uh he did some pretty amazing things i'm actually uh bringing it up on facebook real quick now so i can uh, let you know exactly what he won um, he, his status quoted from Jack's pages, is out games are over. Very happy with my swims. He got two golds, four silvers and two bronze. <laughs> he quotes, and I quote this, I'm like the big gay Michael Phelps, minus a few golds." So kudos to Jack for, for bringing back all those medals and, uh, showing people that, you know, just because we have HIV doesn't mean we can't be athletic and we can't be suc- successful and, and live our, our dreams. It's, it's really, really possible. So uh, kudos to Jack for bringing all that, um, you know, home from Denmark. Um, if you missed last uh, Sunday's show, we had Henry Baca on, who spoke about uh, being a parent, losing his um, wife to HIV, also being um, HIV himself, positive himself, and then raising two sons who are HIV negative. And that open discussion that a lot of parents don't have with their kids about sex and about HIV and about drugs, you know, Henry... Step forward and is having these conversations with his kids, who I believe they were sixteen and they're sixteen and eleven now, which is the great a great age to start talking to your kids and educating your kids. You know you're not giving your kids permission to have sex you're, you're educating them, so when they do make that decision because they're going to make that decision whenever they want, whether you tell them about sex or not, they're going to make that decision. But if you give them information on how to do it safe and how to protect themselves while doing it. Um, you know, it it could really save your child from becoming diagnosed with HIV. So again, our guest, our guest today is Teresa Dawdry, and she will be joining us shortly as soon as she uh, calls into the lines here. Um, This Sunday night, we have an open mic night. Every once in a while we do this, we have an open forum. We allow anybody to call in and ask questions throughout the whole hour. Um, And it's, pretty open, you know, we talk about anything, um, acceptance, disclosure, um, depression, um, how to accept your, your, your status, or, or how to move forward, how to find the right doctor, um, and, and the steps that you do to, to make yourself, you know, more aware of your health, because a lot of people aren't aware of their health until they're already diagnosed, so I have Teresa here, let me bring her on the air, Hi. Teresa, welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Hi, Robert. Hi, how are you? All right, how about you? Great, great. I'm so good. glad you could join us today. Um Jack is actually I think he's either in the air flying back, um, but he was in Denmark, um in the out games. Oh,
1: that um, sounds nice.
0: Yeah, and he won a whole bunch of, you know, gold, bronze and silver medals and oh, good. so he's he's uh he's doing that, so I don't think he's quite back yet, so he's not joining us, at least not right now. <laughs> but I don't think he'll be joining us today, so it'll be next year, which is always fun. <laughs>
1: So, um, you wanted
0: me to so just... Ha- get well, I'll start by here. You, um, you know, you're a member of the POSAM community for people who are listening. Um, they can find you on there. Um, let's start with kind of, where were you raised? Northeast Philadelphia. I'm okay, a Philly so girl. You're a Philly girl just like me, and that's yeah. what I think is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it, so, it was so, for me, it was so surreal to actually finally meet you at the AIDS Walk.
1: Oh, that was like, great. Like
0: it was like so nice cuz like great. Linda, Linda, I knew. Right. You know, yeah, I got the feeling she,
1: you she two knew each other. My,
0: right. She was friends with my partner, you know, my partner, and uh-huh. I knew Tracy from, you know, high school and, and we used to work together. But, you know, it, you were like the first person I met off the site who I didn't know beforehand, and it was it was just so nice to make that connection. Yeah.
1: It. it was. It was good to see, you know, to put faces, real faces, not just the picture to
0: People yeah, I right?
1: to on the computer.
0: Yeah, that's what I was saying earlier is that, you know, <laughs> words and pictures only do so much, but when you hug someone, it's just there's just so much, like, connection there with someone. Yeah,
1: yeah, it was good. I enjoyed the walk, and I'm looking forward to this year's.
0: Yeah, I'm excited, too. Um, I was just talking to Linda about that <laughs> on Facebook uh, the other day, and she was saying how she's definitely going to be there.
1: Yeah, oh, good.
0: Which is always fun. And what was cool is you came with, what, your daughters and, and your grandkids?
1: And my grandkids, yes. Yeah.
0: Which I thought was great because your one grandkid walked the whole time.
1: Yes, yes. And the other and one. He was like
0: way in front of us. Right, yeah,
1: he walked the whole way. He's the energetic grandson. That's Isaiah.
0: And the other one got on the bus with his mom, the poop bus. Right, right.
1: right they pooped out.
0: Yeah, That was
2: early, good. Well, the
1: littlest one, I think, is the one that really, you know, she just couldn't make it. Right, right. But, um, but it
0: was cool that you actually had your whole family, you know, that come was with the third year that, that we cool. had
1: done it. That was the third year we had done it.
0: Yeah, I think that's cool to have that support with, um, you know, yeah. your, your kids and your grandkids. Yeah, out it, it was,
1: um, you know, it, it really helps out knowing that my family's behind me. And, you know,
2: I'm and, not uh, trying to hide
1: things or, or, you know, I'm, I'm open about it. I'm not trying to hide everything and right. sneak away to take pills where nobody will see me.
0: <laughs> now, um you were diagnosed at forty eight. Yes. Um, can we talk a little bit about how you, you know, came about getting the test and, and, and how it came forward?
1: Um I had been seeing somebody, some things were happening, things were going on, we broke up and I went to my doctor and I asked him to test me. I was going for my you know, my annual physical anyway, so they're taking blood for everything else, and I said I wanted to be tested for HIV. And he told me, well, you don't really fit the profile of someone that would have HIV. You don't have to worry about that. And I said, well, I want to get tested anyway. So, you know, they took the blood, and like two weeks later, I called him back up, and he said, all my results came out fine. Everything was okay. So I assumed that he had done the HIV test because I had asked him to do it. Right. Right, well... I didn't know that you don't get an HIV test without signing a permission form and all that nonsense. So obviously he didn't do the test because I never signed any papers.
0: Then later but when on, you asked, but when you asked for it, he said that you didn't fit like he told mold. me I didn't
1: fit the profile. Of someone that would have HIV. I don't. Need, I have no idea what the profile is. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I guess I can guess what people think the profile is, but since I only saw the man once a year from my physical, I mean, I, the worst I ever got before this was a cold or something. You know, I never even right. went to the doctor. So he really didn't know anything about me anyway. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, all he knew was I was somebody who came in once a year. You know, he checked me over and set me on my way for another year, you know? Right. So... That's interesting. A couple months further down the line... I started with this rash that was, like, all over my whole body. Every, I mean, head to toe everywhere. There wasn't an inch in me that wasn't itchy. And I started going back to him, and he's like, I don't know what that is. Try this. And he gave me a cream and come back in two weeks. And in two weeks, I went back. Course, it didn't do anything. And he, well, try this and, you know, the
2: get another Benadryl.
1: prescriptive So This went on for a couple of times. I didn't want the Benadryl because I knew it would lock, knock me out. Right. So after a couple of of trips back, I said, how about if you give me a referral to a dermatologist? So we did that, and the dermatologist didn't know what it was anyway. So finally I just gave up because I'm paying all this money going back and forth to doctors and filling prescriptions, you know, with copays and all. Right. And then I started with, um, I got this vaginal infection. Like, what the heck is this? So I went back to the doctor. He treated me for that. And then I got thrush, so I went back to the doctor. He treated me for that. And I had a sinus infection. I was losing weight. I wasn't on a diet. I was just losing weight. Then I started with diarrhea, and then I started, It got really bad. I just couldn't, I never felt like I could catch my breath right. So I went back to him again. I said, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And he's listening. He's like, your lungs are clear. You're fine. It's just a touch of the flu. So I kept going back for one whole week. I saw him two times in that week, and I called him every single day of that last week, telling him I couldn't breathe. Let's and he kept see, telling never me there ha- was nothing wrong with me.
0: I never even heard of Thrush until um, within, like, the last three years when I started, like, doing stuff more active in the AIDS community. I never even... So, like... For me, if somebody, if I was a doctor, I would assume if somebody came to me with thrush, you know what I mean? Do the people my... get that that aren't positive? I mean, I don't know.
1: I work in a hospital. I was working in a hospital at that time that had people that were really, really sick. People that had been in another hospital so long, like their insurance ran out or something, mm-hmm. and they were sent to my hospital where I worked. A lot of them got thrush. I mean, their immune systems were just not, not from HIV, just from being so sick so long.
2: Right. Their immune
1: systems were pretty compromised.
2: Okay. So I
1: knew what thrush was when I saw it. And I really, you know, I, I don't know. I was like, oh, that's really weird, you know, that I got this. But HIV never crossed my mind because I had been tested.
2: Right. Well, at least you thought you were. I thought. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, but then the breathing. I couldn't breathe. And then one night my temperature was real high. It was like 103.7, and I called him up. And he's like, "That's from having the flu." I was so sick here in the flu. But if you, have you ever if you've ever had pneumonia, you know that you have no energy at all. Right. Like the, just the whole thought of getting out of bed, and my dad kept trying to get me to go see his doctor, and just like the whole thought of of going somewhere, that was just so hard to do. I didn't want to be bothered. I just just leave me alone. Just let me sleep, you know. I kept telling them, "I'll be fine. I'll be fine."
0: Hoping next, it was the flu.
1: Right. I knew it was more than the flu, but like by the time that, that I got to that point, I just didn't have enough energy to do anything.
0: Right. When
1: I got up the next morning, my temperature was real low, like in the low 90s, and I knew I was septic. And I knew I needed to go to a hospital. But it still took me hours to actually call for a ride to the hospital because it was just so much trouble, and I was so tired. So I finally, um, I don't even remember if I called my dad or I got my son to call my dad, but he came over and he just took one look at me. He said, I'm not taking you anywhere. You need an ambulance, and he called for an ambulance. And that's about, like, the last thing I remember was being in the ambulance, in the back of the ambulance, going to the hospital, and, like, that's the last thing I really clearly remember. That was December 19th of 2003. The next time I was aware of anything, I I knew I was laying in a hospital bed, and I, like, looked down, and I could see the tubing coming out from the ventilator. Right. And, um... I'm thinking I hope I get home in time for Christmas. And then I realized somebody told me the date and here it was March of 2004. So I had lost 3 whole months, just gone. In a coma? In a yeah, just gone. Everything was gone. There's nothing. I have I have weird dream-like weird memories, but no real anything of that time. I never so, got so, out of so, ICU. I was in the ICU for the whole three months.
0: So, so I what made a, you slip into a coma?
1: I don't know if it was because I was so sick or because they had me on so many drugs.
0: Uh, okay. Because they had
1: me on morphine and Ativan drip.
0: Right. But whatever it was, you lost the three months. I,
1: I lost the whole three months. <laughs> the night I was admitted, the doctor told my dad that it would be a miracle if I was still alive in the morning.
0: Wow, and here you are! Look at that.
1: Yep. Good for you, (laughs) girl. So every day is a gift. Yeah, right. (laughs) So yeah, your
0: family must have been going nuts.
1: Right, they were there all my mom told me they were there like twice a day. Um, you know, coming back and forth. Um, I think they were called a couple times to come in because I was dying, but you know, I didn't. Um, It was just horrible. Wow. You know, what they went through, I didn't even know, I wasn't even aware of it. I was right. just off in dreamland. For, for some reason, I thought I had taken a plane to China. I don't know why.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Weirdest things happen when you mix morphine and Ativan.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. So, so, so you, you came out, and then, like, what a relief it had to have been.
1: It was, well, when I came out of it, I thought I was talking to people. Obviously, I wasn't because I was on a ventilator, so I was not able to talk. But I thought I was talking to people. But I was paralyzed. I couldn't move. Hmm. So from the ICU there, they sent me up to Temple University to because they have a vent rehab area where they would wean right. me off the ventilator and get me up and walking again and stuff. So I was there for another three months. And so altogether, it was six months that I was completely out of commission. It was March when they moved me to Temple. April, the doctor came in. Because when I went in, they said they were going to test me for HIV. And I was like, oh, guys, okay, you know, what the heck? You know, I didn't care. And I couldn't say anything anyway, so right. <laughs> I, did, I did sign the paper. God knows if anybody could ever read what I wrote. You know, I think I texted or something. They held so this my is, hand. You
0: still thought, at this time, you still thought that you already took it once.
1: Right, right.
0: Okay, I just want to make sure.
1: So I'm not really concerned about it. Right. And then the doctor came in, and he pulled up a chair next to my bed, and he picked up my hand in both of his. And he looked in my eyes, and I said, oh, shit, I'm dying here. <laughs> this is bad when the doctor does this. Mm-hmm. And he told me that I had HIV. He told me I had AIDS. Which, because I had no idea what was wrong with me, the whole, you know, like what, what had happened. I knew I couldn't move. I thought I had had a stroke. And mm-hmm. I, I oh. really knew, did not know what was wrong with me, wasn't. You know, still not quite in my mind enough to actually try and talk and figure it out. Right. So, um, you know, my first thought was, well, that explains a lot of stuff. And my second thought was, oh, shit, I'm going to die now. And he kept saying, you know, this isn't a death sentence. We'll give you medicine. You'll get better. You'll work in therapy. You know, we'll get you up and walking. You're going to be fine. You're going to go home. It was the roughest three months of my life.
0: Oh, I can imagine.
1: Uh, the first I can time, imagine. The first time they sat me up, I passed out because I had been laying down for so long. The first time they stood me up on my own, it was like the biggest thrill. So they had me in there for, um, you know, I mean, I told my family when I found out what the doctor said. Um, apparently from things that were said to me, they kind of had, they knew that the doctors were looking for that anyway.
2: Right. That,
1: you know, apparently they had tested me in the first hospital too, and it came up negative. Um, for a long time I didn't understand that, but then somebody explained to me that when your immune system's down so low, because when they test, they test for your antibodies. Right. For, for the HIV. When my, your immune system's down so low... You don't make antibodies um when I left the hospital after two months on meds my my c d four count was five, so I didn't have an immune system
0: and then today you're feeling
1: today i'm the last one was four eighty something the one before that was five some five twenty five so the c d four count has increased thankfully. Right. And I'm due for a for a blood work and a doctor's visit in another two weeks, so I'll have new numbers in.
0: Sounds good. I have somebody online. I don't know if they're just listening or if they maybe have a comment or a question, so we'll bring okay. them on and see. <laughs> Hello? What's Hello. your name? Where are you calling from?
2: Hello, this is a Lifelink's video relay call. person is contacting you using a sign language interpreter. Okay. My caller is just listening.
0: Okay, so we'll just leave her on hold.
2: Okay, thank Thank you.
0: you. Okay. All right, so she can sit there and listen on hold. hope she's enjoying the show. Okay, Um, I (laughs) am. So, um, okay, so so let me just back up a little bit. You get out of the hospital, you know, you find out you're positive. What kind of a support system did you have? Did you go to meetings, or was it kind Um, of like you sat at home? I had my family. Uh,
1: My father died while I was in the hospital, uh, right before I got out, which was really, really hard. Um, He actually had been brought to the hospital I was in, so I did get to visit him at least in the hospital. Oh, that's good. Um, When I got out, my house is a two story house with the bathroom on the second floor, so I went and stayed at my mom's house because that's all on one floor. I really didn't know anything about support groups or anything at the time. Mm-hmm. The first support group I went to, I actually, um, Elton John told me about it. <laughs> they did the the, the um, Welcome America tour. Right. You know, that we have every Fourth of July. Elton right. John was playing that year, and he donated half of his money to his organization in England and half of the money to Philadelphia Fight. Ah. So I was wondering what Philadelphia Fight was, went online on the computer, found out what it was, and signed up to go to Project Teach, which was the best thing I ever did in my whole life.
0: And what did that do for
2: you?
1: That Well, well, well the first day I went there was just because I walked into this room with 50 people, and every single one of them was positive. That was like the first time I ever talked to somebody that I knew was positive. And there's fifty of them sitting there in the room with me. Wonderful, wonderful feeling.
0: What a relief, uh, right?
1: Right, right. Like all of a sudden, wow. And you don't have
0: to even say it.
1: Right, right. Because you know? if you're there, because cause the one rule of getting into Project teaches you have to be HIV positive. So, you know, if you're in that room, you're positive. That's all there is right. to it. And they taught me they they go through everything. You know, what a viral load is, what, what a CD4 count is, why you need to know these numbers, why you need to know the percentage, uh, the emotional feelings of, of being diagnosed and what you go through, physical things, how to speak to other people about it, how to teach people about prevention, just how to accept that you have it. I mean, I have a book that is six inches thick that I brought home from that class of information, and, and included in that six-inch th- thick book of information is information on how to get more information, okay?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you can never have too much information. <laughs> so,
1: so if you can't find it in that book or in one of those links in that book, it's not there. <laughs>
2: cool.
1: And that was, you know, my first, like, trip into into um, a support group kind of thing.
0: Now, when you went into that support group, since the doctor was talking about you not fitting the, the mold or category for somebody who would be HIV positive, when you walked into that room, were there other people who were in your category, whatever category that is?
1: There were all kinds of people, young, right. you know, way younger than me, older than me, um, were all different kinds of people. Although there were not a whole lot of white people, I'll say that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, Philadelphia Fight. That's in the uh, Center City. They are with um, the They're... Jonathan Lacks Center, right? Right, right. Okay. She, um, Jonathan Lax. Um, I, I go there um, to get my blood work done too. Um, and I, I use the fight services for certain things because I was looking for a job, maybe in, like, you know, in somewhere in the, at a an aid center or somewhere down there where I could, like, you know, enjoy what I'm doing and bring the happiness that they brought to me. Because I felt like when you walk in there, I feel like I'm at home. Like, right. they're all yeah. like, hey, how you doing, Robert? You know, sit down. You know, we got you. We'll take you back in a minute. Like, the girls behind the desk, I love them. They are right. like so funny. You know what I mean? And they're so, like, they'll talk to you no matter no – ma- it doesn't matter. They treat everybody the same way.
1: Because I don't go to Lack Center. I go to Einstein. But they're the same way. You come in and, and, you know, they know your name. You you rarely have to wait more than five or ten minutes to get in to see the doctor. You know, everybody's just so nice. I love it.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm actually trying to get somebody from Philadelphia to come on and and talk about it on the radio show.
1: Oh, yeah, because they do all kinds of stuff.
0: Yeah, so I know they do a lot of support groups. And it's good for people who are in the city. But, like, for somebody like us who are not really in the city. Right. You know what I mean? It's very hard for me to to drive an hour, to go to an hour support group, to drive an hour home.
1: Right. And especially you know I mean? if you're just going in just to get some blood work done, it's like...
0: Right, you got to pay $20 to park.
1: Right. <laughs> and you're going to zip in, get some blood work, and zip out.
2: <laughs> well, when
1: I left Temple, they wanted me to go there for my care. But that, for me, would have been two buses. You know, I, I mean, at that point, I wasn't even taking buses. I would have had to get somebody to drive me every time. The other option was at um, Albert Einstein Medical Center, which is one bus from my house. It takes me 15 minutes, so it's nothing. Right. And they have support groups there for people from there, so that's where I go now.
0: Yeah, There's a clinic here in Bucks County that I, we were talking the last time um, when you called into the show a couple weeks ago. Um, first, did you get the email of that lady that I sent you? Yes,
1: and I did send the email back. I haven't heard from her yet.
0: Yeah, uh, they're only there on Tuesdays. Oh, Okay. So that's probably why.
1: Probably... Um, but
0: I think I may be able to go there and get my blood work done. I mean, I, I wouldn't see why I wouldn't be able right, to. Right,
1: because if they can just send that, the, the results up to your doctor at the LAC Center, you know, Well, well I can. Well, oh, I yeah, Well,
0: either way, I would just like, you know what I mean? I would like to go, for me, I would like to go and get my, my blood work done routinely, whether it's every six months, every four months. Whenever I want to go get it done, I want to be able to like, okay, well, I can go next week. Right. If I call the doctor and be like, I want to go next week, I can't. I gotta make an appointment and it's like two months away.
1: Uh, see where I go, he likes you to come in like maybe a week or two before your appointment, get the blood work done. Then when I see my doctor, he's got all my blood results in front of him already.
0: Right, well that's what they'll do for the for Jonathan when I go down to Jonathan Lacks, but I have to drive all the way down there. Right, yeah. Then I get my blood work and then I come home and then in two weeks later. Or maybe the next time I go down there, which may be six months, my next appointment, is when I go down and I get, you know, my blood work back. Unless right. oh. something is wrong, then he'll call me and let me know.
1: Oh, oh I hate that call you if there's something wrong so. thing. Right. Well, I <laughs>
0: don't expect I always to be worry wrong, that maybe but. I missed the call or
1: something.
0: <laughs> right, my luck.
2: <laughs>
1: so yeah, the way the way ours has worked out is you get your appointment, you know, in three or four months, you go two weeks before your appointment, then when you go two weeks later for your appointment, he's got everything right there. We right. can go over all the results and talk about whatever. And that, you know, that... I'm happy with that.
0: Yeah, well, I think it's... I like to... You know, I like to get it right away when they come back so I know about it. I'm the type of person where I'm open about my numbers, and if somebody asks me on pause, I am or somebody... And you know, I, I don't have a problem giving them out, and I don't have a problem blogging about it either.
2: Right. I mean, some people
0: are very like private, and that's fine. Everybody's different, but I like to have the numbers in front of me and look at it when I'm doing it.
1: And yeah, right. You know know where you're at. Know what's going on. Yeah. Now my viral load's um, been been undetectable almost since I started the meds. It's just like. A long time. You also
0: found a lot of support on, because um, I, I, I believe, you found Pause I Am by Terry, right? Um, Leo. Leo. I Leonardo? haven't talked to that man in so long. The man what? I haven't talked to him in a while. Have you talked I to know.
1: him? No, uh-uh. Mm-mm. I don't know. Whatever happened to him. But I, from, um, we were both on um, thebody.com.
0: Right, because I was going to say you got a lot of support from the body.
1: hmm Yeah, yeah, they were great. The people there, and I'm still on there a lot too.
0: Right. Um, yeah, they have a lot of good information there. Um, you know what I mean? It's their their forum is very obviously it's very active, so a right. lot of people go there. So I I always you know try to direct people there because it seems that on Cause I am the forum is more of a personal thing.
1: Right, and over there they have the doctors and they have, you know, like they keep up with the latest news. It's a different...
0: Right, and that's what's important. Right,
1: and I think when I first got out of the hospital, I did a lot online. Uh, First, because I really didn't know there was any place else to go. But even more important, because I was still getting around with a walker or a cane or something, and it was really hard to get out to go anywhere, so... You know, I could sit online and do stuff and and connect with people and, you know, just read about people that had HIV and went on and lived a normal
0: life. And, it's amazing and, what you can find online because there's really a lot of websites that, you know, have people who share stories. Right. And, and we need to hear that.
2: when. And I do knows. always
1: caution people, though, to watch where you're getting your information from,
2: you know. Right. Absolutely. Um,
1: in the beginning, if it didn't say, like, National Institute of Health <clears throat> or American Medical Association or something like that <laughs> after it, I didn't bother with it. <laughs>
0: but, That's very true. Oh, my. Um, <clears throat> I'm trying to think of one of the other things that I was going to... Now, you are, are you still um, a nurse
2: now?
1: Yes. Yeah, I work part-time now. I don't talk too much about it where I work. Right. Because we have it's a nursing home but we also have a rehab section for people that you know like maybe they had a knee replaced or hip replaced or something mm-hmm. and they come in for rehab and they go home and you know i i don't know what these people do when they leave right <laughs> but nobody <laughs> ever it. wants to like admit that maybe i really screwed up and that's why i ended up getting hiv and i'm just like you know then they'll leave here and who knows what they do and then they get HIV, and the first thing they're going to say, "Well, I had that nurse that time." Right. <laughs> so, so there—that's like one of the few places that I'm quiet about my diagnosis.
0: Right. Well, that's how it's—you know—it's it, it, different, you know, for everyone. And, and like, because we had Justin on not too long ago, and you met Justin in D.C. when we were there. Right. Um, and, and he did a whole blog about how he came out being HIV positive at you know his place of work, and and how it you know, how how he went about it and how it affected, you know, what his boss replied and and how it was a good thing for him at work and they understood and, you know, they were supportive about it. But a lot of people gave him slack for doing it and then doing it like in a video and being like, well, why would you do that? And he's like, because people need to be able to relate to other people.
1: Right, That, that there are people, yeah, and we still work and we still are useful and we still do just live a normal life. I mean, there yeah, are right. people there that know that I have it. Um, you know, some of my coworkers. Uh, when I first started, two of my coworkers had actually worked at the hospital with me when I first got sick, so they already knew what I had anyway. You know. Right. But um, yeah, some people do know. It's it's just like, I just don't want to talk about it in front of the people that I'm taking care of and stuff because. You know, I mean, oh, yeah,
0: no, I totally understand, because some people I'm very comfortable with talking about it, and then and other people I'm like, you know what, I just don't feel like you need to know. <laughs> right, right, like, yeah, reason, I mean, I don't, I don't up and say, hi, I'm
1: Terry, I have AIDS, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Unless so I'm I, going... I, I
0: don't do that either. Because <laughs> I've
1: actually done presentations for fight where that's how I start out, so I shouldn't say I don't do that. I don't usually do that <laughs>
0: Right. <laughs> well it's like that's what I used to do when I would go to NA meetings, you know. Hi, my name right. is Bob and I'm an addict. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a good way to get it all out right in the beginning. <laughs> yeah, we'll
1: just lay this right out on the line here. <laughs>
0: so how was the whole um going to Washington DC, how was that experience for you?
1: Oh, I loved it. I loved every minute of it.
2: Yeah. It, it was, was so, much so fun.
1: great. I mean some of the stuff was like a little over my head. I didn't quite understand what, you know but i just felt like my brain was so full of information when i left
2: <laughs>
1: it was just great it was it was so interesting i learned a lot i met a lot of cool people um the the one thing i came out of there with was i had met two other women there and we would like to one one lives in memphis and one lives in dc to like, support each other as we try to start our own support groups in our own cities.
2: Oh, that's great.
1: Something here in the Northeast.
0: Yeah, that'd be nice.
1: Yeah, because it's, it's you know, it's it's like an hour or so for me to get to Center City, you know, because I have to take a bus and the subway or the L Right, and by the time you something.
0: get down there, you're so dang tired.
1: <laughs> right, and, it, and like you said, you know, like, you, it's two hours travel time for... Oh, a one-hour support group or, you know.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's places
1: fine. where you can go for, in, in, um Siloam has, like, you can go and you can do Tai Chi, you can do meditation. They have a lot of really cool things that you could do down there, but it takes so long to get there.
0: Yeah, there needs to be a place up here.
1: Right, so I would like to start something up here that... You know, where people could come and just get together and talk once in a while. Yeah, that was
0: my um. That was the first time that I ever like went to an AIDS conference or anything like that. So for me, it was just like so much to take in. Yeah. At once, you know what I mean? Because, like you said, the information—if it went over your head, you know, it went way over my head. Right. I mean, like you know, you know, know I mean?
1: I, I'm not real political, so so, you know, I had a hard time like keeping track of who's a congressman and who's a senator, and you know. <laughs> The, basic... well, the cool part
0: was that guy from the White House was there. I really enjoyed um, hearing him speak. When I first got there, he was speaking.
1: Right. They, I mean, they were interesting. You know, it was just like, I'm just not real political. I didn't pay real good attention in history, Claire, and, you know, in that yeah. course in school or something.
0: Cause
1: <laughs> social studies, that's what it
0: is. Yeah, social studies, right? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do good in law and economics or whatever <laughs> yeah. it is. Oh, that's funny. But um I, I didn't get to actually um hear you speak cuz you spoke the second day and I had to come back. Um, right. to do stuff. Um but how was uh, how was that for you when you were speaking and all that? It was
1: I really it was good. I mean the people were good. They um you know they were interested. They responded well. Um we kind of ended with a with a question and answer and they answered questions I had, and I answered questions they had, and
0: I kind of liked the whole question and answer part of it when it was done.
1: Yeah, you know I mean? because
0: I was a nervous wreck. <laughs>
1: you didn't show it. You looked great. You looked really That's... good. You looked you know, you know I mean? calm, poised, collected.
0: Oh, well, yeah, well, I was sweating. <laughs> you didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was sweating like a pig in heat, or whatever a dog in heat It was all bad. But I was just like, I, I was just so nervous to be up there in front of so many people, and then of all places, it's in Washington, D.C., so it made it, like, for me, it put even, like, more pressure. Right, right. Because <laughs> you spoke before, right? You right, yeah. Speak. I've done
1: the things with, with um, Flight when they have the AIDS Education Month. I need to get I've more involved with that and find out more. That's, it's really, it's worth it. It's um six to eight weeks, twice a, twice a week for a couple of
0: hours, but... And what do you do? Drive down there, or uh, take the bus down there?
1: Right. Yeah, I, I take the bus, or I took the um, the train runs behind my house. The the uh, R A train, and it stops at. I would get off like in um, suburban station. No, not suburban. Market East, and walk over. Right. I'm a big walker. I walk a lot.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I know you did that whole age walk. I couldn't believe it.
2: Yeah, I well I walk that. a I lot.
1: Did it. I don't have a car. I walk a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah, my legs were killing by the end of that.
1: <laughs> my feet. Oh my goodness. My socks had. <laughs> you know how on the socks they have that little seam that goes across the top of your toes? Right, right. Well, that thing was killing my feet. Actually, two of my toenails fell off after the walk from that. Oh no. But, so well. <laughs> Get a whole year Um, to recover.
0: Yeah, right. (laughs) You can grow back your toenails. (laughs)
1: Next year, next year I'll know to get better socks anyway. (laughs) I go to the dollar store and get them cheap socks. You never know what
0: you're getting. (laughs) Yeah, right. I just want to remind everyone who's listening, you can give us a call. Um, You go by Terry, don't you? And I always call you Teresa. That's okay. I go by either, usually. So you can call in and speak with Terry and I at... Three four seven two one five nine four four two. I know we have some people in the chat room, and, and I know people are listening um, on the Facebook pages and stuff because now there's a live player there for them. Oh, um, cool! All right, so you can call in or use the click to talk and call in using Skype. So it's free and not long distance. Um, what was I going to say to you? Um, so the ADAP, um "What was it like meeting like Dad?" It was. It was just incredible, because, you know, like, I mean, I've talked to
1: him on the, on the, you know, in the chat thing, or, you know, sent messages back and forth, but, right. to, you know, see him in person, and he's done so much with the bears and everything. The bears uh-huh. are so cute. I've got a little one off of them.
0: Yeah, they are so cute. <laughs> and the cool thing is, is he takes them everywhere with him, and everybody has them. I mean, I don't know if you're on Facebook, but if you're on Facebook, I mean, everybody has you know, who's out I had actually stuff.
1: gone out after the end of the first day, and I was just, you know, had it with sitting and sitting, and I just needed to go walk. So I got changed into some comfy shoes and went out, walked, walked all the way to the White House and back, and actually walked past somebody carrying one of his bears.
0: <laughs> uh, that's, that's funny because um, my, my partner came with me because I was like, look, this is the first time I'm speaking, and I really need some support.
2: <laughs> and I really
0: want, like, for me to look out there, like I this is. Before, I didn't even know you were going to be there until, like, last minute.
1: Uh-huh. Like,
0: when we were talking, we sent a couple of emails out maybe, like, a couple of weeks before. Right, and I wasn't right. sure because I didn't get, like, a confirmed list of what members were going to be there from Brandon. Because he's like, well, you'll just see when you get there, blah, 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 blah. And <laughs> I knew he was super, super busy, you know, doing the whole thing. And kudos for him because that took a lot of work. He did,
1: yeah. He did. It was beautiful. I mean, he had it set up so nice, too.
0: Yeah, it was really, really cool. Um, but... Where was I going with that? Oh, well, my partner came with me, and he was mad because every that's the third time he's been to D.C., and he's never seen the White House.
2: He's never Aww. seen the
0: monument because he's always there and then gone, like, the like, next right. day, and he never stays. So I have to a trip down It is a beautiful
1: city to visit. Yeah, just take a trip down and stay a couple days and just, I mean, there's so much to see and do.
0: Yeah, I think it's really, really... Um, it's a beautiful place, and like I've seen all the monuments and the museums up close, and I would love to 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 show that to him because it's something that you just don't see stuff like that anymore.
1: No, no, it's just it's so neat, and like you know the the whole Smithsonian is free. I think the zoo mm-hmm. is free. You know, but, so much of it is completely free once you get there. So, and I love the the, the Washington by Night tour. I love that one.
0: I never did that. I went oh, that, there during the day, and even then I even spent the day there and um, uh-huh. came home.
1: I did that once um, many years ago when I was younger. But actually, by the time I came home, I think I crawled up the steps on my hands and knees. I was so tired. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So so what are you what are you doing now? Um, like You're trying to set up the support group. Is the I would way like to that... set
1: up a support group, and I would like to get, because one of the things that I can remember when the doctors told me is just laying there in that hospital bed, and they came in, and they gave me all the little booklets and the pamphlets and all the mm-hmm. information and all that nonsense.
0: All the statistics.
1: But what I really wanted was somebody that would just come in my room and say, Hi, I know what you're going through because I have it too, you know?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And just sit down, that kind of personal touch, and just sit down and have a conversation with me.
0: Right. I think that's so important.
1: And I would love to get hooked up. That's why I wanted that lady's, um, you know, email Probably.
0: address or something. Right. To just get
1: hooked up with somebody, to just be able to go and sit down, and you know, to somebody who's just been diagnosed You know, and just sit down and say, hey, you know, you're going to be okay. You know, it's going to work out. And, you know, just let them know that there is life after this diagnosis.
0: It's very true. And that that needs to be done because I don't even remember. I trying to remember. Because when I was diagnosed, I don't even think I got pamphlets.
1: Really? Like, I
0: just think I got the little test that was circled that said positive. You know, when it circled it it. where it said positive on the paper, and Uh then I left with it. You know what I mean? And this is like a family doctor. So, I so don't know right. If it was maybe... So, they're
1: not even like trained because cause to be a tester, to go out and do tests, you have to be kind of trained in, in how to deal with giving somebody the diagnosis and talking to them. But, you know, right. a family doctor, he just does a blood test and gives you an answer.
0: hmm. And that's what that's what I uh, that's one of the things like because it's kind of weird that that's what you're working on right now because one of the things like I talked about at the summit was there is no such thing as like an HIV starter kit something right. where people can go and even if they they have to spend twenty dollars on it and it's donated to make these kits you know what I mean it's not like so people can get money and, and get rich right it's so people can create these kits. And, and and hand these out to people who are being newly diagnosed that has personal stories of maybe four or five people in it.
1: Right, yeah, and just, you know, let them know, yeah. Here I am five years down the road, and I'm doing fine.
0: Right, or, and even have, like, you know, it's just like even a list of websites, like things like that I didn't get when I was diagnosed. And I was diagnosed in 2001 where the information is out there.
1: Right, right, yeah, It's it, the information was there. It just wasn't handed out or told to you or anything.
0: It's very crazy, very, very, very weird. So
1: that's, <laughs> you know, that's what I would really like to do is to just like, you know, just go and let people know.
0: Right, then it's just okay. It's going to yeah. be okay.
1: It's not over. It's, it's changed a little bit, but it's not over.
0: Right, You're going to wake up tomorrow and you're still going to have bills. Right. <laughs> It's all going to be there, trust me. Right, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's
2: funny.
1: You're still going to be able to go out and have fun and do whatever it is you enjoy doing and,
0: you know. Interesting. But. Um, what do you – now, because some of the things that we don't get to talk about are the women issues. Because, right. you know – my hosts are – my co-hosts are guys and whatever, and I'm a guy, and that's fine. But I feel like there's a lot of women issues that sometimes aren't brought up or aren't talked about because, you know, we're gay guys and we don't really think about it like that. You know what right. I mean? Like we, don't, we don't know how to talk about things like that because we're not experiencing it. That's why I love to have women on, and I try to get more and more women on, and actually I have a couple of them this month coming up, so, which is always exciting, which would be – obviously you include it.
2: But what right. do you think? Like,
0: is 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 there like, is it more difficult to be, you know, a heterosexual woman, and dealing with the situation because of the lack of support that's out there, or is there more support? And I don't know about it.
1: I actually like the support group I go to. A lot of times when you go, when I go in there, there's more women than men. Right. Um. It it, it just I don't know how it works out that way. But, like, people don't think of women as having HIV. You know, they still think it's a guy thing. Right. And I think sometimes they look at you and they, you know, like, well, you must be a real slut if you got that. Right. You know, and it's not that either.
0: You know, some people just... Just don't
1: get it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Just, Just don't understand that, you know... I mean, I've met women that were married and, you know, they got it from their husband and they, you know, this one lady I met, she was in her late 60s. And her husband got sick, I guess, like I did, like with the with the PCP. Mm-hmm. And that's when she found out that he had AIDS. And she said she had never cheated on him, so if he had it, you know, and she had it too. So you know it can happen to somebody who thinks they're in a monogamous situation.
0: All right, and it doesn't discriminate age either. You, no, you don't have to, there's no only age bracket where you get infected. I mean, like you said, that lady was sixty.
1: Right. Right now, it, it, now the two fastest growing populations are teenagers and people over 50
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's why oh, it's just it's just sad that 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 people you know are not getting educated even like i i don't know do people need to start going to senior citizen homes and Mm -hmm. and and talking to these to to, to the seniors about it
1: and let them them know or you know like it is because it's it's there it's happening you know older men now are are having more sex because they can get the 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 viagra cialis or whatever and
0: Or whatever is advertised on television that I mean, one
1: of of the things that happens to women as we age and we go through menopause is we we create less lubrication and your vagina gets a little thinner and sex is not as pleasurable. So we don't really, you know, and men kind of, you know, get older and sex doesn't happen quite as often either. They take these pills and now, you know, well, the wife, she really... Wasn't minding things the way they were, maybe. So,
0: you know, always <laughs> oh, blame it on the guys. So, <laughs> right? so here goes,
1: pops. Well, now I got these pills. What am I going to do? And, <laughs>
0: right, the wife ain't going to, you know.
1: No, so I'll you know, pick up a girl on the corner, or whatever. I mean, things are happening,
0: <laughs> but
1: older people are getting it.
0: It's very, it's scary. You know what yeah. I mean? And they just, they just found this new strand. Did you hear about that?
1: The gorilla strand that doesn't uh-huh. come up on the HIV test? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's thats scary.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> very scary, you know what I mean? Could more people be infected and not know it because of this strand was never found before?
1: Right. So they're going to have to get another test?
0: That's very um, scary. And it's shocking, like, that that out of nowhere, all of a sudden they found this and now... You know, like what's going to happen? Right. How are they going to How are they going to be able to to give you numbers now when they just discovered this?
1: When they just discovered it, right? I mean, it's kind
0: like of one of um. I'm trying to see here. If you folks have a question in the chat room, you can go ahead and type it in the chat room or give us a call at three four seven two one five nine four four two. We're down to like the last seven minutes. Of course, the hour flew by.
1: Oh, yeah, it did.
0: Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, let me see here. What else can I? So you, you, your kids are always supportive. Um, did they find out at the hospital when you were in there? Yes. Before you came out of your coma, so you didn't necessarily had to break the ice to them. because. When I told, yeah, when sleep. I
1: found out, I told everybody. I mean, I, you know, told them and waited until I saw them in person and told them. Um My grandkids, they were real little then, the two that lived with me. So, like, originally I just said, because we like to cook together. We always like to cook together. We'd be messing in the kitchen making stuff.
0: Oh, you're a good grandma. (laughs)
1: No, I just like to cook. (laughs) 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 So I told them, though, you know, because I was afraid if I cut my finger or something while we were chopping something up, I said, you know, I'm better and I'm out of the hospital, but there's still a sickness and it's in my blood. So if I get cut... Just stay away from me until I, you know, clean everything up and all, um, you know. And then gradually, the words HIV came into play and stuff. But
2: now, how
0: old were they when you had that talk with them? Do you remember?
1: Um, they were three and four when I went in the hospital. They were four and five.
0: So four five, and five, and see, even at four and five, you can still talk to you know, even right. if you are kids. Right. I mean, I knew they're, they're not going to
1: understand what HIV is and AIDS is and all that stuff. But they could at least understand that, you know, because they're little kids. When when they see grandmom get cut, they want to come put a Band-Aid on it and all that. Right. Stuff, you know.
0: Or kiss and make it better, yeah.
1: Right. So, you know, I wanted them to understand that if, if they try to help me and I holler at them to get away from me, you know, it's not because I don't want them <laughs> to help me or something like that. I just,
0: I'm trying to keep them safe. I just think that that's, That's proof, right? For me, that's so much proof that you can talk to your kids about you having HIV without saying HIV or AIDS. Right. And, you know, and you can do it at a way that kind of respects their age.
1: Right, yeah. I mean,
0: and as they get older, obviously you can tell them a little bit more, but at the end of the day, when you were done cooking, whatever you were cooking that night, they knew that, you know, grandma was in the hospital, she's sick, and now she's better, but if she gets cut and her blood comes out, I can't touch her.
1: Right, yeah. Because they
0: understood it.
2: Because I didn't want to like, wait
1: until it happened, and then I'm, um, you know, get away, get away, get away, <laughs> like like a maniac. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and then I started, well, I did the, the Project Teach, and I'm bringing home papers and studying things, and, you know, I, I've i gone out doing the talks and handing out condoms and uh. So we went out a couple of times. Uh, there's a law in Philadelphia that every high school has to provide condoms, free condoms, to anybody in the high school who wants them. But really?
0: When did that happen? Yeah,
1: see there? Nobody knows about it. There's ten schools in Philadelphia that actually do that. So we were going out and passing out condoms on the corner across the street from high schools during dismissal. You know, What and, was this? Um, Two years ago, I think it was. Okay. And trying to get, you know, get the kids to, like, sign on to try and get their school to provide condoms for them in a place where they could go and get them, you know, without drawing too much attention to what they're doing, too, you know? Right. If you make a big deal out of it, they're not going to do it because everybody's going to know what they're doing.
0: Right, you just make everybody go to a counselor, you know, like your guidance counselor like you used to do when you were in high school.
1: Right. And if you want
0: them, you you ask for them. Right. But they should be available. I don't think it's promoting sex.
1: No, it's just promoting being safe. And it's not just protecting them from HIV either, you know.
0: Right. It's It's it's, from everything. There's
1: other diseases that can be prevented by using a condom. There's, of course, uh, having a baby that can be prevented by using a condom.
0: I bet you there's a lot of controversy with that in the Catholic high schools.
1: Well, we only we only dealt with public high schools. The law only applies to public high schools. Huh? Um, you know, because that's kind of against the religion for Catholics, and you can't really like pass a law forcing somebody to do something that they would consider a sin. That would
0: right. Hmm, that's very interesting. I never knew about that.
1: Yes, there is. See, no, n- most people don't know it, and I cannot for the life of me remember what that is. There was, a, There's a number, you know, law number, whatever. I'll have to check um, that out. We worked on that, and then another splinter group was working on the condoms in the prisons because there is also a law that condoms should be permitted in prison. Absolutely. Uh, even though they're not supposed to have sex in prison, we all know that, you know, that does occasionally happen
0: actually uh, so, yep, it does.
1: And um, even though there's a law that condoms sh- can be permitted in prison, condoms are considered contraband. And they did manage to get that law changed. Um, it was signed, you know. They they are supposed to now be passing out condoms, like when they when a prisoner's brought in, they get right. a little you know, pack it with whatever they need and a pack of condoms.
0: Well, that's good because, you know what I mean, if if transmission is happening in there and then those men are leaving and then going home, you know what I mean, and right.
1: then it having it sex to... with their wife, you right. know what I
0: mean, like it, you, you don't know what, yeah, they need to be protected too. Right. For the people at home who are coming and, you Right, know.
1: and for, the, you know, I mean, Everybody, You should be protected. Yeah. You should be able to protect condoms yourself. Condoms should be free. Like yeah.
2: <laughs> and that oh, was well. the most
1: embarrassing thing to me when I had to tell my family, because I was the mom in our neighborhood that always kept condoms for the kids.
2: Right.
1: And, I, you know, I kept them for my kids, but I know other kids in, in the neighborhood use them, too. And top left-hand drawer. Everybody, right. top left-hand, Terry's top left-hand drawer in our dresser always had a box of condoms. They were, you know, take them if you need them. And guess who's the only one who has HIV? <laughs> yep, the one who provided the condoms for everyone else.
0: Oh, there you go. Well, <laughs> Terry, thank you for joining us. That hour flew by.
1: Okay, and I'll talk to you again soon.
0: I will, and if you need any help with that support thing, let me know. I would love to help you in any way that I can. Okay,
2: great, great.
0: All right, enjoy All the right. day, sweetheart. Okay, you too. Then, bye-bye. Bye-bye. I also want to remind you all that we are live every Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and Wednesday. Um, The next upcoming guest um, that we have is Sunday. We have an open mic night. Call in, share your story, vent, whatever you want. And then Wednesday, next Wednesday at 2 p.m., we will be speaking with Sean and Gwen Decker. And Sean writes a column for Paz Magazine and also is the author of My Pet Virus, The True Story of a Rebel Without a Cure. So uh, check that out at MyPetVirus.com, and I will see you all on Sunday at 9 p.m. Have a great day. Bye-bye, everyone.